Blog Talk Radio. Hi, good evening, and welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the place where fascinating people meet, and the podcast that loves you. Hey, um, if you've been listening lately, you know, people have been commenting about, um, you know, they've been enjoying the variety of guests and so forth, and that's what I like. I like bringing different types of guests and and different interests to you, because um, obviously, all of you who are listening to me and, and are kind enough to uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave uh, reviews on Stitcher and Apple iTunes and so forth. Um, which, by the way, thank you so much because I need to say uh, when I check the stats, they're looking good, and it's because of you. Because you can continue to to uh, enjoy the guest I bring. Um, you know, recently, oh, got to, I was supposed to mention this too. Recently, Franny Goldie was on. Now, most of you know Franny Goldie because um, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, and beyond, she has written some of the biggest hit records ever for everybody. Um, the Commodore's Night Shift, you know, it's on the Night Shift, on uh, uh, Dreaming of You by Selena, Stick With You Pussycat Dolls. Uh, she's written. Oh, it's like the soundtrack of your life. If there's a song you love, Franny Goldie probably wrote it. And uh, anyway, now she has a clothing business, or has for a while, and Adam Glassman, Oprah's style guru, has become a big fan of Franny Goldie's uh, clothing, her designs, and calls them the magic pants. He's talked about them in Oprah about five times, taken them on The View, and... If you go to her website, Franny Goldie, F-R-A-N-N-E-G-O-L-D-E dot com, and if you order anything, use as your coupon code MPS for Madam Perry Salon, MPS, and Franny will give you a discount, and I think that's super sweet. And uh, I got mine last week, and they are fabulous. So anyway, also coming up soon... We're going to have Alex Bates. Alex Bates is, um, calls himself a serial AI or artificial intelligence entrepreneur. And he's going to talk about augmented reality, artificial intelligence. He seems to be on the leading edge of all this uh, technology. And he says instead of being afraid, we should be excited because it's going to bring a lot of good things to our lives. And he's... He's going to be fascinating. So, uh, so we got Alex Bates, uh, augmented reality, artificial intelligence. Also, Dr. Drayvon James is coming back. Uh, she's going to say, you know what? Stress, stress might be a prescription to help to help you have a more peaceful life. I don't know how that works out, but I do know that Dr. Drayvon James is a smart lady, and she'll make it make sense to us. So we're looking forward to her as well. Um, Oh, gosh, so many people. But So you just keep up with Madam Perry Salon, uh, the page on Facebook or on Twitter, 
and uh, even LinkedIn, and you'll know what's going on and who's coming up next and some of your favorite people. Later on, I'm going to be playing some music by Amy Holland, uh, who may be coming back as well. You know the song. She's um, her as a singer, songwriter, and also uh, she married her keyboard player and made, I think, helped make him famous, Michael McDonald. Uh, she'll be coming back. So I'll be playing some music from Amy Holland, probably Frenchie and the Punk later. But first, tonight's guest, and I've been getting messages about this all day. Uh, tonight's guest, journalist, author, editor, motivational speaker, and social media and web content provider. This woman's got mad cred, 25 years of experience. She's not only a national, she's an international freelance writer, Uh one of the best reputations in the business. She's also, she's got a book coming out. She's finishing up. Um, but you have read her work in Parade Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Pop Culture Madness, Women's Day, all over the place. And also in Chicken Soup for the Soul. She's had a, a story in one of those. Um, who is she interviewed? Everybody you love. Reese Witherspoon, Mark Wahlberg, Tom Hanks, George Clooney. Anne Hathaway, Nicole Kidman, Jennifer Anderson, Henry Winkler, Hugh Jackman, and all, uh, Julian Lennon, Richard Gere. And we're going to get her to uh, uh, talk about that, too. So right now, I am just so absolutely delighted to welcome here in the Genie Bottle, Madam Perry Salon, Deborah Wallace. Deborah, welcome to Madam Perry Salon. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm delighted. I mean, you're just the busiest woman in the world, so we are so grateful uh, that you that you squeeze us into your schedule. Um, I also want to say that if you're listening live tonight, and this is July the second, if you're listening live tonight, and you have a question for Deborah or you want to talk to her, go ahead and call six four six seven one six nine nine two two. That's a toll-free call in the continental U.S., 646-716-9922. And for people who can't call, if you have a question or comment, and Deborah, you know how that happens. Sometimes people have a day job, or maybe they're babysitting and have to keep quiet for the baby so they can't call. Um, so that you can just always message in a question either on Facebook, either through Jennifer Modette Perry or through Madam Perry Salon, just give me, message the question to me or the comment, and I'll definitely share that with Deborah Wallace. You know, Deborah, sometimes you can't always make a call, right? Absolutely. But you have such a magnificent career, and you have met so many famous people, and, of course, they have met you as well. Uh, what came first to you, uh, being a, a motivational speaker or a journalist? Which, um, where did Journalist. I, I studied journalism uh, at the University of Massachusetts and Amherst College and started my career um, at the Chicago Sun-Times and um, freelanced for a lot of big papers. And then I decided what was the most pleasant place that I could uh, earn some stripes, and that was South Florida. So I was a newspaper reporter there for several papers and then went to Family Circle and Fitness and Business Week and uh, and a lot of big titles. Um, from that, people really enjoyed hearing um, about celebrities, about their struggles, about the best advice they were ever given. And I tend to ask them, um, no matter who I'm talking to, uh, an author or an actor, or director, 
or, you know, somebody doing wellness or success, what kept you going when when times were tough, when when money was, was low, you know, and you were down in the dumps and pe- you were just getting so many more rejections than acceptances? What told you that this was your passion, this was your dream, and, and who kind of built you up and, and bolstered you and kept – and what – kept you going whose advice and what internally how did you know that someday it was going to work out and I get a lot of really interesting responses you know parents and and family members sisters brothers teachers you know people have motivated them but a lot of them just just refused to give up they you know it took them two five ten you know someone like Rachel Brosnahan who everybody says is an overnight success on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, you know, that, that success took 10-plus years. So, you know, and somebody could be in the chorus on Broadway and you've never heard of them, and all of a sudden they get their break on Netflix or Amazon or, or you know, ABC or, or movie, and all of a sudden they're a sensation. So I think believing in yourself, even if today, you know, you got a notice that you're, lights are going to be turned off or, you know, you can't take that family vacation and your child is looking at you with those puppy dog uh, eyes, you know, things will get better. But you have to believe that you can make them better. And I I was raised with such a work ethic. My grandfather owned a clothing store, and from eight years old I was behind the counter selling uh, bras and baby clothes and blue jeans and dresses, and and I learned that you have to work really, really hard to get what you want, and hopefully a couple breaks along the way, but uh, believe in yourself and be with people who fill you up and and believe in you and energize you and try to get the naysayers to to a minimum. You know, not everybody is going to be your champion or your cheerleader, but try not to listen to those voices from yourself or from a sister or a friend or a mother or anybody saying, you know, maybe you should just play it safe. Playing it safe is not really going to get you to where you want to be. Isn't that the truth? Uh, and it's pretty interesting. You talk about working like, working from the time you were eight years old, I mean, working retail behind the counter. Um, I've done a lot of time in retail, and I tend to feel that, that when you work with people on, on that kind of uh, closeness, you know, whether it's like, uh, like as a hairdresser or uh, somebody who works in retail or something, that you get to to be able to read people fairly well and and understand people um, in a different way. And by that, I mean, sometimes, uh, like I remember working Christmas in retail, and sometimes people say, oh, that person's mad or they're late. And I go, well, maybe they're not really so grouchy. Maybe they're just under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. But you do get to, I think, get to uh, learn a lot about human nature and read people. Did that help you? Yes. Absolutely. And and it made me a people person. It made me very social. It made me more confident. I knew I could do things. Uh, you know, I worked at um, Brown's Fried Chicken when I was 16. I worked as a waitress. Um, I always worked, you know, uh, at newspapers and the Associated Press while I was in college part-time. So to me, you know, it, it was important that, that I earn my keep and that um, – that I always had my own self-worth. I was married for 20 years to a wonderful man who loved taking care of me. 
Uh, he was a very successful mechanic. And um, my mom wisely said, you know, make sure you don't give up your career. Uh, make sure you have your own money. Make sure you have some things in place. And when he died uh, seven years ago at age 57, I was glad that I listened to that um, because there are women 20, 30, 40, 50 who, if their husbands do all the bills or the taxes, uh, I, I didn't know any of the passwords for any of his uh, online accounts. I had to call all of the utilities and all the companies we dealt with and ask for paper billing and start all over again. <laughs> so it it was a mess. And, and I was doing this, you know, in my early 50s. I can imagine if somebody's doing it in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, you know, that they just want to break down and cry every day. So, um, uh, you know, I went from freelancing part-time and taking care of my son who was six when his dad died, to being the breadwinner and bringing home money for the mortgage and the car payment and the groceries and, and everything being on me. And um, it was tough. There were days I said, I do not want to do this. <laughs> but you do. You have to. And that's the first. I mean, and, and so sorry to, to learn that your husband passed away at the age of 57 because that's really young. I mean, that's. Uh, a hard thing, especially in such a uh, with your son being so young as well. But apparently, you know, you you persevered, went through the fire, and built a magnificent career. Um, <clears throat> which, which I think that's called teaching by example. When you probably when you do your motivational speaking. Absolutely, I was having a rough time with the story the other day, and my son is 13 and he has high functioning autism. Uh, he's very verbal, but he has reading difficulties and comprehension difficulties, and things don't come as easy for him in a lot of subjects except science, which he's madly in love with. And it was good for him to see that I was having trouble with it, that it was perplexing me, it was something new, it was something I hadn't done in a long time, and I got him invested in it. You know, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get an A this time. You know, my editor might be mad at me, and... All through the week as I worked this out and everything, he said to me, how'd you do, Mom? And I said, I got that A. And he said, I'm so proud of you. And so uh -huh. I put things I put things in terms that he can understand because I never give up. I have never, never given up. I mean, you have to tell me 16 times no and throw me out before, you know, I want what I want what I want. And, you know, someone like Julia Roberts or Oprah Winfrey are difficult interviews to get to. And sometimes it takes a year or two or ten before the opportunity uh, comes to me. But but I knew I was going to interview the people, um, the actors, um, and the creators of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because I love that show. And one of the great aspects of my job is I can read a book or see a movie or watch a TV show or whatever program I'm involved in. And then all those questions that we all have about why did you write this and why did you – wear this costume and why did you do this or that i get to ask them and it's wow. kind of like sitting and having a cup of tea or a glass of wine with a girlfriend and uh hillary swank and i talked about a month ago uh, for story and com about her whole career and growing up with humble beginnings in a trailer and people saying to her you're crazy you're never going to be an actress in hollywood you you have nothing you come from nothing 
and her mother said, "Bull, you you are smart, you are talented, and you are driven. And if you and I'm going to make sure that you you can do this. I'm going to do everything in my power that I can for you emotionally, psychologically. And so, you know, when I can share my story with someone like that and talk about uh, her past movies, which you know, million dollar." Um, the boxing movie, uh, Clint, Clint Eastwood, I, uh, Million Dollar Baby. Um, that was fun. I remember watching that movie and reviewing that movie. So when I can go down memory lane and talk about what it meant to me to interview them and how their lives have intersected with mine, uh, it's very exciting for me. That is so. That is sweet. Okay, I have a uh, caller here for you. Remember, if you want to talk to Deborah Wallace, 646-766-9922. Hello, and welcome to Madam Perry Salon. Hello. Hello. I think we have uh, Edward on the line. Edward, come in and introduce yourself. Hi. Hello, Madam Perry, as they say on the sports shows. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. (laughs) Uh, I I just was – I was kind of inspired when your your guest mentioned – you know, kind of working in retail and that kind of thing, because uh, one of my, uh, my my sons is uh, a naval officer now, but uh, we kind of insisted we we owned a and we had an investment in a pub years ago when he was in high school, so we made him wait tables one summer, and it was perfect because nothing gets you better for public relations of any kind than having to put up with people and serving their food, especially here in New Orleans, where a lot of times people have one too many. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My family department store, I remember helping people and them trying on 10 shirts and 10 pairs of jeans and taking everything apart and leaving it in the dressing room and then leaving. And my saying to my dad and my grandmother what the heck is wrong with these people? You have to be nice to them after they just trashed your whole store. They tried on everything. They made you stay open late sometimes. He he would open if somebody would pound on the door and say, I have a wedding or a graduation or a bar mitzvah and I need a shirt or I need a suit or whatever. And hopefully they would buy something after he did all that, but not always. So you really learned absolutely oh, PR, ab- customer absolutely. service, patience. Yeah, I mean – uh, totally, he didn't yell at Deborah, too many people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I, Deborah. I worked in a, a department store here in New Orleans back in the day, but what, we, we were in men's suits, and it, I don't know if it's uh, you know, you have to bring the guy. You, you, I'm sure you know that you have to bring the guys kicking and screaming to buy mm-hmm. clothes, right? So usually we we were we were lucky with the you know, the dressing room thing, right? You know, they'd only take one pair of pants in at a time anyway. It wasn't like the, the women, but, oh, gosh, did we ever, yeah, we ever, I should, I, I, I read a book about that store, but should probably start interviewing all the women and all those stories because, gosh, it's, yeah, you learn patience, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And you live in one of my favorite cities. My late husband and I were driving from California back to Florida because uh, we couldn't get flights that we needed, and we were like about an hour outside of New Orleans, and he had never been there, and I had been a couple times, and I made him find the closest uh, motel or hotel, and we cleaned up, and we went 
and we had a lovely dinner, and we listened to some jazz, and we walked around the French Quarter, and I never forgot that. The beignets and the hospitality. It's just an amazing, amazing city. It's one of my favorites. Oh, we have we have so much fun. Yes, you could. The, the the running joke is always, you know, it's like it's always, especially if you fly Delta, it's kind of two hops to get to New Orleans, right? You got to go wherever you are to Atlanta, and then of course everybody is just grumpy on that flight. But then when everybody gets on the flight to New Orleans, the attitude just is, you know, it's like a light shines in the plane. Everybody's yeah. like, we're go- we're going someplace fun. I'm glad you got to see see my town. It's it's a fun wow, little it's amazing. place. I covered the Republican National Convention um, and and the Democratic, and the Democratic that year was um, was in Atlanta, where it was 100 right. degrees in the sun in the shade, and um, and and the Republican was in New Orleans, and we had all these cookbook authors and all these tastings of all this food, and and the paper at the time was very kind, and they let me um, put a couple extra days on my stay, and I went to the plantations. And I really toured the city, and it was a blast. I really did not want to go home. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, it's that's just it's, you know the the uh, the, the novels I've written have are set you know because they always say write what you know right so I write you know obviously in New Orleans because it's 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 just so much fun and uh, yeah there's actually there's. Uh, one, because I, I did a good bit of work uh, on my day job at uh, Oak Alley Plantation, which they used in Interview with a Vampire. And uh, that, yeah, those, the, those those old houses are just gorgeous. Oh, so yeah. much fun. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm glad you had a good time. And, uh, and you have to come visit us, madame, and come say hi at some point. I guess Jennifer didn't hear me. Oh, maybe not. That would be great. Did I lose you guys? Yeah. Well, okay. I just wanted to say hi because when you guys were talking, like I say, particularly talking about service jobs and retail and everything else, I said that's the first thing that came to mind was, you know, how much more patient that my, my now 31-year-old Navy son is with people under his command I think it has to do with the fact that, you know, yeah, it's like it's, it's exactly what you said. That's wise advice. <laughs> Absolutely. And it helps with the work, work ethic, too, when, when you have to be responsible. I, I know people who own stores all over Philadelphia where I'm based, and, uh, you know, they've got their children working, you know, from teenage years because they really want them to have a work ethic and realize that hard work does pay off, hopefully. Absolutely. 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 All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to hush and listen some more. So you guys take care. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Andrea. I'm not sure where Jennifer is. Maybe there's a technical problem, but I can go ahead and ask my question. Um, I you said mentioned that you had a son that had autism. I have an old older son that has autism as well. He's 17, and um, I was reading on your website that you do a lot of writing about that. I found it's really hard for me to write about like that kind of his personal experiences. I think maybe because it's too close for to me. 
But I'm mm-hmm. definitely interested in hearing more about what you've done, like with writing and everything with autism. Uh, well, I've been an advocate and, you know, written for a lot of mom blogs. And, and as my different editors from different publications know more about Adam and our life and what we're trying to accomplish, they've asked me to write personal essays. And I've interviewed Temple Grandin several times and a lot Ooh, of that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> occupational therapists and behavioral therapists and, you know, the whole litany of uh, what I call the alphabet of uh people that help our children and um it's hard i mean i cry writing it i cry reading it but (laughs) if i can help one person you know with my story with something that i did or didn't do um my personality and not taking no for an answer and really going after difficult interviews and projects has really helped adam because school districts range from horrible to pretty good. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard too many that were just amazing. And I've been told no a lot. And so I've always pushed for more services because if they tell you you can get two hours a week and you need three, it's very hard to go down, but it's much harder to go up. So I've always tried to put the bar very high and set the precedence. And, and, and not take a no for an answer. I mean, why can't we get an extra textbook and take it home and look at it and help with the lesson? Why can't we have a one-on-one? They didn't tell me for years that my son could have a one-on-one so that he could do some after-school activities. I kind of find out a lot of these things by accident and from other yeah. parents. And so I've spent the last two years interviewing uh, nutritionists about his picky eating um, problems and that caused him to gain weight and uh, special needs attorneys, people who set up trusts, um, and people who just know a lot of stuff that, that we need to know. And so that's really been important to me besides sharing my story, uh, getting the lawyers and the advocates and and just putting a lot of information out there. I've interviewed uh, Holly Robinson-Pete and other autism parents, and I love that she uses Hallmark and her platform and and her celebrity to spread the word that I always say. You know, Autism Awareness Month is in April, and everybody tries to raise money and has all kinds of special events, and that's wonderful. And I do that, too, in Philadelphia for the Autism Cares Foundation. But in my house, autism awareness is every single day. And right. We could be having a great day on Monday, and then Wednesday we lose a favorite book or a CD or a video game or something tears or breaks or we can't find it. It's under the bed, and life as we know it is now bedlam, and he doesn't want mm-hmm. to go to sleep. Totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you anything you don't know. So, you know, for yeah. a while I would tippy-toe around and try to make everything perfect for him, and it can't be perfect because things break and things get lost and things have problems and it rains when it's not supposed to. And our children in general want things to go smoothly and well and have good transitions. And if we had something that we look forward to, like Fourth of July fireworks, then it better not rain and they better not be canceled. And I've tried to tell him that I don't have control over all of this stuff, you know, and uh I think it gets easier with time because 
not that our children get easier or calmer necessarily, but the level of acceptance and patience yeah. and and all that stuff that that these are our kids, and sure, we would love for them to have less problems and difficulties and all that stuff, but yeah. they don't, and um yeah. we just have to. You know, my child is very empathetic, very warm, loves to cuddle. You know, if somebody has something on their toe and he sees them, two years later he'll ask, how's your toe feeling? I mean, he's just a really sweet, sweet child. And um, who knows what they're going to be able to do or not do. It really doesn't matter. They're our children, Mm -hmm. and we love them. We want the best for them, whether you're talking about a typical kid, you know, who's going to become a brain surgeon or a ditch digger or an autistic kid who's going to become whatever. We have to love them for who they are and help them be the best version of themselves, and that's what I advocate for. Fantastic. Absolutely awesome, yeah. It is Um, hard, and as my son gets older, I I run into weirder things, though, it's like, for instance, with our driver's license and insurance, it's like, you can get a good student discount if you send in your transcripts. And he's like, but, Mom, my transcripts all say I go to a special school for autism. He's really worried about sending those to, you know, the insurance company. Okay, but he's <laughs> and it's driving. it's a real concern. He's right, driving. Yeah, People absolutely. have said to me, I don't think mm-hmm. my child will ever drive. People have asked yep. me. I mean, he's 13, so I don't think we have to start, you know, doing driver's right. ed yet. But you don't know. You really don't right. know. You know, so you have to, Temple Grandin says you have to give them a gentle push, a loving push to get them to do more and stretch themselves and be the best they can. And maybe not every, I know typical kids who never wanted to drive. You know, either they live right. in a city yeah. or they were scared to death. So, um, yes, you you know, the quirks and the issues and the problems, I Going to a theme park used to be a nightmare. People would yes. look at uh, yeah. look at us. <laughs> yeah, any crowded. Yeah, they're crowded and they're noisy. <laughs> and you know, I touched the, my son touched this French man's backpack and he started yelling at us in French, and that he thought he was a pickpocket. I mean, he was ten years old at the time, and right. I don't know that many young ten-year-old pickpockets, but. Um, yeah, I think you just have to take a breath and you know what I've I've said before, sometimes when he's acting out or melting down or having really difficult times and I can't get him to take a time out, I take a time out. I <laughs> I just find a cup of tea or Starbucks or whatever it is and if there's somebody to watch him, you know, I just give myself a break because it's hard. It it is hard. Parenting is hard. So special needs parenting is even harder, and doing it as a single parent, as I'm doing, you know, is tough. But I have some good friends, and um, and that helps. And and we do things in groups. I have a couple other moms who have children with autism, and we might go to a theme park or a movie or a farm or a petting zoo together, so we can kind of help look look after our own children. And um, but I would love for you to read. Um, I did the six-part series um, on Parade.com, and if you just look up um, my name or Autism or Temple Grandin, it was all through the month of April. I'm really proud of it. It was ten books that I recommend uh, for families dealing with autism, and it was my personal story and Temple Grandin's story and the woman, Stacy Gordon, who is the Muppet behind Julia, 
uh, on uh-huh. Sesame Street who has autism. I love, love, love that story. And sometimes as parents, when I interview someone like Holly Robinson-Pete or Stacey Gordon, we, we cry. We choke each other up with, with our stories because um, cause it's tough. You, you know, you, you want your child to be as the best that they can. And when there's stumbling blocks or there's people who are naysayers or, you know, you feel standing in your way, you know, whether it's schools or other kids who, you know, look, my kid doesn't get invited to as many birthday parties as the typical kids in my neighborhood. That's just the way it is. It's always been that way. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. And we that have one year. We actually, yeah, we've had one year that we actually went on to the meetup and just offered any ten strangers that have small children come to my birthday party for my kids. And we did have some people show up, but it, you know, I had to go to that kind of leap to actually get people to come. Yeah. <laughs> And nowadays, a lot of parents don't even RSVP, which which kind of makes me crazy. But we don't invite yeah. the whole class anymore. You know, we have a couple typical yeah. friends and a couple friends who are in the autistic support class. And um, you know, he's happy and he and he's healthy and he's loving, and uh, that's about the best you can hope for. Well, thank you very much for for talking with me. Um, I know that you were supposed to be here for half an hour, so I'm not sure what's supposed to happen next. I don't know if I hang up if Jennifer can get back on or not. (laughs) Right. Um, If you want to communicate with more, I I do have a LinkedIn profile. It's just Deborah Wallace, and uh, if you see, it it says I'm from Philly, and you could probably figure out it's me with Parade and and all the Philly publications. So feel free to send me a comment or a message or something. I will. Thank you very much. I'll definitely uh, look up the, uh, the Parade magazine, read those articles. Looking yeah, Parade.com. It. It's the digital version of the magazine. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. My I'll pleasure. I'll hanging up, and hopefully, hopefully she can get back in if I hang up. All okay. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Hello? Hello?
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.